Let's do it. Let's do it. Broadcasting from around the world, you're listening to The First 100, a podcast on how founders acquired their first 100 paying customers. Here's your host, Hadi Rodwan. All right, good to have you on the show, Jorge. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Glad to be here, Hadi. Amazing, amazing. Let me just start with a quick introduction for our listeners. Jorge Penalva is the founder of Lang.ai. Practically, you're a platform that helps scaling organizations to use certain AI in their customer services. And we talk about what that means. You practically tag certain content in support tickets and then you flush them out. can be easily routed. It can be prioritized based on topic to make uh, the customer agent, success agent, practically very productive. And you've raised to date around 15 million. Did I get that right? Or can you explain it to an eight-year-old better than I did? Honestly, I thought that was a great explanation. You even got my name right, the pronunciations. That's not that common, the Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you summarized it really well, right? A lot of companies and organizations today, especially, right? Like they're looking at how can they become more efficient at customer support? And in the end, you know, respond faster to the customers that have urgent issues, right? Like we've all been in a situation where, I don't know, you're traveling ar- abroad, your credit card isn't working. Obviously, that's more urgent that something else and how can you identify by the topic that that's something that needs to be routed so that the customer experience is better. And the second thing, which is more related to our vision, is that customers are telling you a lot of things in those support conversations. And it's how can you also use them for the organization? How can you use them to improve your products? How can you use them to grow revenue? So that support is not just supporting your customer, but also understanding them to help improve your business. For example, we use Zendesk in our organization. How would that work with Lang.ai? Yeah, totally. So we actually partner with Sendesk and the majority of our customers use Sendesk, right? So we have organizations like fintechs, you know, like Ramp or Novobank, like retail companies like Rulala or like marketplaces like Sola, like the wedding website company. So basically Lang sits on top of Sendesk. And whenever a new conversation comes in into Sendesk, it goes to Lang. We're able to identify very granularly we call them tags in those conversations, right? Which is the terminology that Sendes uses, but like topics in those conversations. And those tags are going to basically produce downstream automation if the conversation Lang has identified that it's urgent or it's about a certain topic that needs to be routed to a certain team. That's going to happen in real time in Sendesk before the agent even touches the ticket. So basically it's saving a lot of time and a lot of back and forth within teams where like maybe a ticket comes in and then tier one has to route it to tier two and all of that. And then all those conversations are going to be in Lang categorized on a very granular level. So we're going to help alert if there's like activity peaks or things like are relevant so that you're constantly on top of that data. Amazing. And how did you find out that this is a pain point? This is a problem that people need to solve. And how did the company come to fruition? Yeah, totally. So this is actually my second company that I started. The first one called Synthesis was basically started as a social media analytics platform that we scaled from Spain into Latin America. Spain is where I'm originally from. And basically what I saw was during 2012 to 2018, 
the growth of digital communications in companies and the growth of all these unstructured data. And, you know, as I started talking to companies, right, like mid-market enterprise companies, I realized that business teams weren't really solving that problem really well, right? Like they have all of these communications that creates more work, but then someone has to read them if you want to do something, right? For the majority of organizations. And at the same time, the engineers don't have time to dedicate to this because it's like a complex problem, right? Like language is constantly evolving, your products are changing. So you know, you need something that business users really can control and adapt to their process. So we started line with that purpose. Let's organize all these digital communications and help business users operationalize them in a very easy and visual way where they don't need engineers. That was like the context to start it. And when we look at companies, especially consumer companies, when you think about it, the majority of those digital communications are customer conversations. So that's where they have the biggest pain point and also the biggest opportunity. And for some companies, their pain point is, okay, I want to be more efficient. But sometimes it's also opening their eyes with like the potential around everything that's happening in that data because sometimes it's not like they're doing it differently. It's that they can't do it because you cannot read a million tickets a month to see what's happening in there, but an AI can. Exactly. So take us back to your early customers. So the show Mm -hmm. is about your first 100. How did you get your first customer? Yeah, totally. One of our first customers, I don't remember if it was the first because they were uh, a few in parallel, but there's a nice story that I remember, which was Freshly. So Freshly basically is a, or was a subscription business here in the US for like, like packaged food that it was easy then to eat at home, right? Basically, it was like before the pandemic hit, but they were already growing a lot. So I was doing myself kind of like the cold outreach. So I connected with the people that were organizing that over LinkedIn, Colin, who was leading the the customer experience team. He was interested because they were having those problems, right? I think I talked about the pain point specifically of like scaling the company and getting all these support conversations. And I was flying through New York. So I said, hey, let's meet in person, actually. And spent a couple of days in New York, meet them in person. I remember I was coming from Spain on my way to San Francisco. So I brought them a bottle of red wine from Spain that they still remember about. And, you know, we had the conversation, right? And they had the problem. We were building the solution, right? And had a pretty good solution for a problem they already had. So that's how they became one of our early customers. What early acquisition strategies did you employ that were not scalable in the future because you were doing them probably on your own? And how did you come up with these ideas? Yeah, great question. So I think one of the most important things for me for a B2B startup, right? It's almost like your first customers are going to be critical because they're going to define a lot of your product roadmap because they're the people that you're listening day in and day out. So we were pretty intentional to like which types of organizations we were targeting, not only that I had the pain point, but that were kind of like visionary in the industry and the people working there uh, were visionary in the industry so that we could really build the best product. The way to do that, I think, is in our case, again, like since the beginning, we partnered really well with Sendesk. So what I did was like, 
going at all the case studies in the website, reading through them and really looking at like, okay, what people that were talking there, I thought were doing things in a smart way that I would align with and that where I would want to build our product towards that way. That's basically how I came to Freshly and I contacted them. An alternative to that is also which are the most successful companies that are going to have the best processes and they are going to push you to move fast. Another customer that we have is Ramp, right? We also had them before Series A. Again, one of the fastest moving high growth fintechs in the US, if not the fastest Working with those types of organizations is what's going to help you build the right product. And I think at the beginning, that's more important sometimes than the revenue that you get from those customers. This is an interesting use case. You know, a lot of founders would have uh, this dilemma. Do I go with uh, big logos, but the sales cycle is much longer, like a ramp. It's a big company. It's growing very fast. Maybe it's hard to get in. Or do I go with smaller logos? So in the case of Ramp, what strategies or tactics did you employ to at least land a call with them and find the right person? Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. When we started working with Ramp, they weren't actually that large, like things that they've grown super fast, right? It's been super impressive. But we started working with them where I think they were only two people in their customer experience team. So we helped them through that hyperscale period. And it was a very unique case because they already knew they were going to have the hyperscale because of the growth that they were having. But I think for me in that, I'm totally aligned that it's good to have fast moving sales cycles, right? But I think some of these organizations too that are very tech forward, like Ramp, are going to be more willing to like push the boundaries with products. And I think in the end, is your product worth the squeeze? So that one of the tactics that we did is we didn't care about how much we were charging ramp. Then like we made a big discount because we wanted to prove them the value and we started proving the value on week two, you know, and then, then we've grown with them along the years. That's how I try to think about it. Yeah, this is amazing. If you fast forward to today, how did your sales motion change? Yeah, totally. I think this is generally not just for lying, but for everyone. It's a very difficult sales environment to sell. Like these days for software companies, for B2B companies, when a lot of companies are trying to cut costs. So for me, as a principal of the sales team, one of the most important things right now is to lead with value across everything, right? Like across your outbound team, sales team, product. What is the ROI that people are going to get from this type of investment? Because everybody is looking at the ROI and like the value as the main uh, variable to evaluate software, right? So I think we're leaning way more into ROI calculators, showing the value as easy as we can. Because like right now, it's not just that you have a champion that likes the product, is that on day one, they're going to be asking them, hey, what's the ROI on this, right? Because like a lot of organizations are being driven by like that type of efficiency. Makes a lot of sense. On that front, uh, when you talk about value, we also take a look into price. So how has your pricing philosophy changed? How do you think about your pricing? How do you set it, especially for listeners who want 
probably to uh, launch a B2B enterprise software solution. How did you think about it and what advice can you give us? Yeah, totally. That's a great question. And I think that's like a very complex topic. We could be talking for days, but it's different to each organization. But I think for me, it's when choosing the format of pricing, does it align with the value that you're adding into the company? It is simple, you know? So for me, it's the simplest variable that you can choose that aligns with the value. In our case, where we are processing these conversations and in the end automating something based on what someone is saying or extracting certain value for the organization, our only variable today is the amount of conversations that we're processing. And we create buckets of conversations on a, because we have yearly contracts and that's how we set it up. For me, that's a good variable because it's associated to our value. Now, it's different to how Sendesk or any support platform prices, right? Because their value is that you have agents and then you're going to optimize their work with this tool, right? So like they charge based on agent. So for us, for instance, we don't charge based on users because we want more users in the platform that are using the platform in their day-to-day. So I think every company is different, but I think the pricing has to be really aligned with the value that you want your customers to derive. And I don't think in early stage, what matters is charging the most you can, but for your customers to extract the most value, because if they extract the value, then they will keep paying and they will pay more towards the future. Amazing. I'll shift a little bit the question to Jorge, the person. So tell me a little bit about a principle that you live by that you believe has made you successful. Yeah, totally. So I think for me, one of the things is that I live by is like velocity, right? And like sense of urgency. And I think that's something that I have also evolved a lot in the last years and that I have learned a lot in like San Francisco, right? And uh, surrounded by other entrepreneurs. And it's just don't live for tomorrow what can be done today, right? Like cause then everything starts adding up. If you have to make a decision and you have all the information to make that decision, it's better to make it today. If you have to have a conversation, it's better to have it today. And of course, I'm excited with today, right? But like shortening the cycles in everything in the company, in sales, in learnings, in experiments from product, I think for me is one of the most important things to build a successful business that I try to live by Because the faster you learn, the faster you're implementing those learnings, then the closer you are to solving the customer's problems, right? Which in the end is what matters. Absolutely. What does a typical day look like for Jorge? If you take us from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., let's say. Yeah, great question. I mean, I think it hasn't been typical for me in the past kind of like six months because I took the responsibility of sales a few months ago and I wanted to really bring the right culture into the sales team, right? Until we hired a a VP that joined our team recently and accelerate everything from like a sales perspective. So I took ownership of the, the sales organization and made some changes internally. So I don't want to talk about that, but right now, you know, in like my more CEO day-to-day where I'm not just the VP of sales or the interim VP of sales, most recently what I 
try to do is actually have days that are focused on different things and that helps me a lot. So for instance, Mondays for me is very internal. I have all the one-on-ones with like different leaders in the organization, right? Like to make sure that we are aligned on priorities and usually I spend or block three or four hours to work on something related to the vision or something related to internal communication. That for me is Mondays typically. I wake up usually around 6.30 or 7 a.m., depending on when I'm starting. I wake up with the light, so you know, it depends on the season. Then, you know, start having one-on-ones like 7, 7.30 a.m. I work with Spain, right? I'm in San Francisco, so there's like a nine-hour time difference with a bunch of people. So usually in the mornings, I'm doing a lot of like the product stuff. And typically in the afternoon, I like just like writing and organizing my thoughts until like 6.30 or 7 type of stuff. Then usually have dinner, try to have dinner with with my fiance, spend some time together. And I work a little bit at night usually. I feel like at that point I can be productive and also write or organize stuff. So that's usually how my day would go. But again, then every day is different with like different parts of the organization. Thank you for sharing this. One last question, Jorge, what's next for Lang? Yeah, totally. So we've been really focused as a company into like building the right product and building the right process that matches what customers are looking for. So now the first thing is like executing on that process and everything that I was talking about the value, right? How can we help customers justify the value of Lang to get into the organization? And now that we're working with these customers, what's next for us too is showing customers that predictive power of customer conversations to help them understand, you know, how something that a customer says may correlate with churn or may correlate with like more revenue that's coming for the company, right? And really our goal with that is to turn Lang into data platform that can help throughout the organization. Today, we are a platform very focused on CX, right? And helping them become more efficient, which is great because that's their focus and CX priority. But at the same time, I think the most visionary CX leaders are pushing us to also help them turn CX into a revenue driver, which I think is like the long-term play for the customer experience team. Amazing. Thank you, Jorge, for being part of our show. This was amazing. Where can people reach you? Totally, yeah. They can reach me mostly. I use LinkedIn or Twitter, right? So my Twitter is Jorge M, which is my middle name, and then Penalva. You can find me in LinkedIn as well pretty easily. And uh, yeah, always happy to talk with other entrepreneurs. We wish you the best of luck. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and we appreciate the thoughtful questions. Thank you so much for listening to The First 100. We hope it inspired you in your journey. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, and share it with a friend starting their entrepreneurship journey. Leave us a five-star review. Your support will help spread our podcast to more viewers. 